Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of Tapped Out Podcast with your host, Pete Ingram. And Dylan Donegan. What's going on this week, Dylan? Week number infinite of whatever's going on. Feels kind of uh, surreal at this point. They just, SCG just made an announcement that the remaining tournaments for the summer and SCG Con are going to be canceled. So that's unfortunate. Uh, pretty, pretty sad about that. But in that same announcement, uh, I was announced that I was locked for the Players' Championship alongside uh, Will Pulliam and Zach Allen. And I'm not going to lie, that made me really, really happy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that just put a huge smile on my face, and I'm really happy because I've never played in a Players' Championship before, and the one time I was going to, I, I never got to. And I really want one of those sweet uh, sweatshirts. Hell yeah. No, congrats, Pete. Uh, yeah, all, all of you guys very deserving people to get the invites. A little sad for I know Harlan, I think, was on the outskirts, and then Edgar, Corey, those guys yeah. too. But. I will say I have the utmost faith in all of them to qualify. I know, I know it kind of stinks. It stings that they're going to have to put in a little more effort for sure, but so long as they do so, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to qualify. So No doubt, although, you know, uh, different conversation for a different day, but, you know, tenuous uh, – whether or not we'll be able be, be able to play SCGs this year, um, so um, yeah, you know, we'll see about that. I hope that out there, but they'll still run the Players Championship even with the pandemic. Although, granted, you know they don't have sixteen people who are qualified right now, but I I could if they were to run no opens for the foreseeable future, I still think you could potentially play a sixteen player tournament, proper social distancing. You know, nobody sits at a, you know just two people at a table. That's it. You know, I don't, you know, I think you can make it happen, um, you know, in six months or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, I hope so. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope they're able to still put that show on the, on the road too. Cause obviously that tournament's great, but, uh, congrats again, qualifying Pete. Um, sick job. Obviously you guys all killed it. So not surprised. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking some pioneer. Um, uh, also some, Cool news last weekend. Sorry, I just failed to mention that. I, I actually took down the modern challenge with 80 card Rosa, which was cool. And I actually beat Corey, uh, your teammate, and you know, good friend of, of both of ours, uh, in the finals. So that was pretty fun in the mirror match. Um been uh, on a pretty pretty sweet tear with that deck. But yeah, so today we're gonna be talking Pioneer. Um, for those of you who don't know, our Lotus Box League, which is our uh, bi-weekly tournament series we're running or for our uh, Lotus Box patrons, uh, is pi- is Pioneer this weekend. Um, and uh, also there's some some other big Moto events per usual with the, the challenges and a super queue as well. So um, yeah, uh, and the main focus of today's episode, episode is going to be an old favorite, of course, Inverter. And talking about what the deck presumably looks like right now and how the matchups are versus the the new top decks of the format yeah i'm uh i'm excited to talk some inverter i i think it's still great yeah uh contrary to i think public belief right now i also think the deck is still great uh i haven't been playing as much pioneer recently but uh i have i have uh been dabbling into it prepping for our tournament and uh, watching a bunch between canister and kane reinhardt and edgar um, and I still think the deck is really good. Uh, actually, last weekend, um, there was a couple big Moda events. Uh, and uh, one of them, which was probably the, uh, you know, the most exclusive, which or it certainly was, was the uh, the mock showcase event. 
Um, and uh, there were actually three copies in top eight of that tournament. So, uh, which was, you know, pretty small, a lot of good players. And, uh, you know, I think probably, you know, not, it didn't catch a lot of attention and not a lot of people really uh, paid or, you know, uh, gave enough respect to it. But I think that, you know, still shows the deck is really strong. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the power level the deck was operating on prior to Ikoria, I think, was another level. And maybe Aquaria brings some decks like closer to it, but I still think it's quite good if, if and certainly tier one. Yeah, so uh, you know, ob- the obvious like um, thing that has you know put a lot of people off inverter is the lack of a companion. Um, and something that uh, I think we're learning or trying to adapt to in magic right now is like uh, what decks can be viable, you know, without a companion, like, you know, how kind of like if they're powerful enough, like what's the threshold almost. Um, and I think in pioneer more so than the other formats, it's a lot, you know, you're going to find a lot more decks that are, don't require a companion because to be honest, uh, a card like Luris doesn't get as well utilized in a format like pioneer without Mishra's bobble or cheaper threats, you know, exactly. Yeah. So it's really not surprising to me that, you know, Lotus Breach, uh, you know, I want, we'll talk about a bit, but is the deck on top right now uh, in, in wake of the, you know, new pine, the new uh, companion rise. And I think Inverter falls along the same lines of it's just a really powerful deck that, you know, while people are kind of messing around with these new powerful companions, which certainly are good, it's still, you know, puts up a fair fight. If not, it's just going to be favored because of how a lot of these decks are constructed. <clears throat> So yeah, so let's, uh, I guess, uh, go over some of the lists that we were looking at and kind of talk about what we like and kind of talk about what the changes are that have happened with Inverter. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, for starters, well, we're going to be referencing this uh, Pioneer Super Qualifier that happened just two days ago. Um, the first list we'll be looking at is T93, who, if you are familiar, is Mattia Rizzi, who uh, was a gold pro from from Italy, really strong player, top eight of the last regional pro tour there. Um, and uh, he's played he's played a lot of Pioneer, actually. I, I know he, he's probably, you know, one of the people who's grinded the most online of this format. Um, and he's played a lot of Inverter, and I'm kind of surprised to see him kind of go back to an old-school take of the deck with uh, more of a controlling take. No Jace VPs, he has some sensors in the deck, uh, a bit more removal, main deck mystical disputes, which we don't see as much, and then only two Thassa's Oracles. Yeah, this is um, pretty similar, I think, to kind of where I left off playing uh, the deck. I would say it's more close to that. Obviously, I wasn't playing Sensor towards the end, but I also wasn't playing JVP main. I don't know which one's correct now. I, I, I mean, there's obviously the argument that JVP is a card that you bring up in all matchups, so you should just main deck the card anyway because it's your best card in every matchup, which is totally valid. But then there's the flip side where you're turning on your opponent's removal game one and the whole beauty of being able to sideboard in Jace is then they have to leave in some amount of removal and they kind of have to do this balancing act. And I kind of lean towards that, but uh, I will say that I I wouldn't mind even like some number of uh, JVP's main and sideboard. Um, I'm a bit surprised to not see heartless act as i think that's a really good removal spell in pioneer um but other than that i you know i would have to really really play uh, a lot more of the format to have a, a distinct opinion on this 
I kind of like it though. Obviously it looks very similar to what we've seen in the past. And uh, I know that a card that's picking up in a lot of sideboards also, which I literally just looked up because I wasn't, I was like, what the heck is this? Uh, is extinction event. Uh, and that is a four mana sorcery that you choose out or even and exile each creature with government cost of the chosen value. Uh, so that's a pretty nice little like damnation type effect. Yeah, uh, we were actually talking about this this card the other day you know, in the Lotus Box chat, and I think it I think it's actually quite strong. I haven't played with it yet either, but um, uh, it's definitely a, a cool cool black wrath that is uh, a bit different. But I think it I think it is going to be pretty effective. But yeah, going back to the main deck construction, um, so uh, I was actually slow to the JCVP movement last last format, but um, once I kind of jumped on board, I, I there was no looking back. I think. JCVP, uh, you know, again, you said it, you, you board it in every matchup, and I think it's just um, one of the best cards in the deck. So uh, I, I was pretty firmly on main decking it, um, which is, you know, why I was saying I was a bit surprised to see it go back. And uh, on, to, to further, uh, you know, uh, harp on that point, like, I think the way the format looks right now, which is like um, the, the top decks aside from Inverter, which is like kind of in the top five, I would say would be Breach. Uh, black white auras the new white blue devotion deck which is a yorion deck and then red white burn um so verse three of the four decks you know outside of burn jace <laughs> slaps frankly <laughs> like you know uh breach obviously extra redundant discard helps loot away bad cards um you know blue white they don't have a whole lot of sp- i mean they have removal for it for sure but uh you know a lot of games it's going to go unchecked and then um of course, versus Auras too, they're not going to be able to touch it. So I think it's it's pretty stellar in the current iteration of the format. Yeah, I I look at it kind of from the flip side, where if Luris is popular in Pioneer, uh, which I assume it is to an extent, people are going to have a lot of answers for it, and therefore they're going to have a lot of answers for your main deck, Jace. Um, so I could see it either way. I I really don't know which one is is correct. I definitely understand like the merits behind main decking the card. Right? It is absurdly powerful. It facilitates your draws, your Dotsies deck. So, you know, the, the floor on it is fairly high um, because you're able to just, you know, strip apart their answers and play one. And also you just have multiple copies. So um, I would think it's a little slow against the Aura deck. I, it might be one of those like things where, you have so many cards you need to board out that you boarded in, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, like, you know, like I said, I'm pretty firm on it. The list uh, I'm planning on playing for our Lotus Box event this weekend, I am going to play Inverter. I'm pretty sure uh, is going to play Jace. Um, another point I'll, I'll add about the uh, R's thing is like you are kind of light on ways to turn on Fatal Push in your deck, um, and Jace helps a lot there. Um, which sure. is really nice for, for killing Luris because, you know, there, there's a cost to just like adding more removal to your deck, uh, you know, when you, uh, in, instead of playing a card like Jace, you know, which is definitely going to take up some of those slots. Um, so, um, yeah, still a pretty firm believer of it. Um, but uh, I do want to highlight real quick Tia's sideboard, which I do think is, was actually pretty good for, for the uh, updated metagame. Um, so he's got the full four Damping Spheres, <clears throat> which... Um, if you didn't know, uh, Lotus Breach actually won all three big moto events this past weekend. Um, it was uh, there, there was two challenges, and the showcase event I mentioned 
Um, and I think it top forward like the super Q too. It might not be a hundred percent on that one, but uh, yeah, Lotus breach has been winning a lot as of late. Um, so, and, and I don't know about you Pete, but I always thought that matchup was the toughest for inverter um, in the last iteration of the format. Um, I think it was tough. I certainly won more than I thought I would. I always felt like a dog, but I always felt like there were games where if I just drew discard, I, and like, I, and like had like a little bit of interaction, I was able to win, like you know, alongside a, an early like uh, inverter kill. Um, so I thought it was close, but I certainly didn't think I was favored by any means. And then obviously, if you have damping sphere, I feel like you're you're a pretty big favorite in post world games. Um, yeah, from from my experience, like I'm not saying it was a horrible matchup, although I do think it was slightly unfavorable. But like just from playing inverter last format, I felt the deck was much better than the other decks. So that was the only one I felt like was, you know, r- a real competition most of the time. Sure, it felt like I was sure. like always kind of on my toes. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like when you have like two damping spheres, two narsets, which is like oftentimes the floor, granted, you know, I think in previous weeks, people had really gotten away from damping sphere, which is part of the reason why breach has been so good recently. Um, but uh, you know, if you're playing about two of each, then I think the matchup's like fine. You know, like you said, you're probably a little favored post sideboard, but I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk. But when you have the full force damping spheres, I think then, you know, we're probably talking 60, 40 post sideboard, maybe even a little better. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you you mentioned the extinction event, which I like. Um, but then the other card, he also has this collective brutality, which is not one we've seen much of. But uh, again, burn um, is a very real deck now in Pioneer. Also solid versus Auras being able to tag um, pretty much every creature, as in as in 100 every creature, um, as well as take potentially their uh, their blessing, you know, their pro spell. So I, I think I like that ad as well. Yeah. Um, so in following that, we have Parrot's list, um, who also went six two in that event. Yeah, and this is pretty much where I left off at the end of the last format. It, it actually. Uh, there was a list Andy J did well with in a prelim that was like pretty much this exact main deck that I was playing with. Um, by the end, I, I like to play one less fabled passage generally, um, and one more either swamp or he has three choked estuary, but um, small mana base change there. But um, three Jace, one Narset. Although I never get away from the fourth Jace uh, wielder mysteries, I, I've never looked back after playing four that card. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> um. But otherwise, this is generally like how I would be constructing my deck. Um, this Tyrant Scorn, maybe the Yay or Nay. Again, I'd probably have definitely the fourth four mana Jace, maybe the fourth Jace uh, VP as well. But I like his main deck a lot. Yeah, I also like the main deck. I like the three choked estuaries. Uh, the mana base looks good to me. I, yeah, like you said, I would kind of think about the Tyrant Scorn, maybe a. Maybe consider how good downfall is. Do I want a third or a fourth in the 75? I, you know, it really depends on kind of how the format's looking and, and what I want there. But uh looks pretty reasonable. Yeah, um, and I don't think you want to go as hard on, on downfalls. Um, and, and actually, the, the back half of this episode is going to be talking about the matchups and what's kind of changed uh, in the wake of Ikoria. But uh, on that subject, I don't think the mirror is like, what you want to be gearing for right now. Um, sure. 
you know, I was kind of surprised to see the main deck mystical disputes in Tia's deck for that reason. Although maybe he was really concerned about breach and uh, they also double versus the blue white deck. So maybe that was the reason for it. Less so than mirror. Um, but yeah, you know, my point being, you know, I don't think we need as much Narset heroes downfall type cards, especially in our main deck. Uh, now that the mirror is like, you know, the, the third or fourth best deck. Yeah. So, yep. I definitely like this deck. Um, do you want to talk about the last option that I really, really dislike? Oh, um, yeah. Before <laughs> before we do, real quick, I will say that uh, we talked about the Extinction event, but I will stress that I do think Wraths are good again. Uh, I, I can't say for certain which one's best between Cry, uh, Extinction, and then Ritual Suit. Um, but I was a pretty big... Oh, and Languish is another option as well. I was a pretty... Uh, big deterrent of the Wraths in the pre- previous iteration of the format. But now with Luris and Black White Auras being so prevalent, I think I think you do want access to them. Um, you know, being able to, to sweep the Luris plus threat turn that they're going to often have, um, you know, is a good follow-up. So, uh, And also on top of that, that they're, the Black White Auras plan versus you post sideboard is the 2-1 protection from Black Creatures, so you need to have something besides spot removal. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Last option uh, of your configuration. We talked, Jace. I wouldn't really Edgar. call it an option. <laughs> but uh, my boy, or our boy Edgar uh, Magiez, who's a teammate of mine, five owed with a Yorion build of the deck. Um, so an eighty card build. Um, a real thick version. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, of course, thirty two lands. Uh, if you want to find the list, you can find it on his Twitter. He did have a a triome. Uh, one of the new new Trilands instead of a blue black temple because he forgot. But um, so make sure to make that switch. But otherwise, that's uh, when you need that fifth fetid pools, you know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Look at that. Um, but um, otherwise, we got four JSVP. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I saw an eighty card. Well, there's just so time. much room. There's ha- it's hard not to incorporate the best cards. I saw no. I, I it might have been an inverter list or might yeah i think it was an inverter list uh that abe abe corgan was commenting on on twitter that somebody was playing uh 80 cards and they only had three jcp and it was just like come on man (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah and then four omen which obviously great great change with the orions that's nice uh yeah three three trial of ambition uh which is uh an edict enchantment removal spell uh again good to blink with the orion um, neutralize, which is actually a card we forgot to talk about um, when we were going over the, the normal 60-card builds, but um, I know Edgar was trying it this week um, in recommendation of Zach Allen, um, and uh, I think it could be a playable option, um, you know, in that kind of hero's downfall, tyrant scorny spot, um, you know, having a cancel for Lotus Breach is nice, as well as um, stuff like Mono White and uh, Mirror, and then, of course, Cycling, never too bad, so... Um, definitely another option for the deck that I, I would like to explore. I cannot really say with words how much I hate this style of the deck. It, it, it I can. It, it's definitely. Wait, hold on. What do you think? What do you think about neutralize? Real quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Neutralize is fine. I I, I don't love it. I think sensor's better in the sense yeah. that it cycles for cheaper and it slows down the game enough where you're if your opponents like playing around it, then that's fine. Uh, I think I think sensors usually always going to be better than neutralize in most situations. 
Okay. Glad, yeah, glad to hear that. I, I generally agree, but I, I do want to try and neutralize. But yeah, um, and then, yeah, sorry to round out the rest of that, you know, you got four Narsets. But again, yeah, I'm with Pete. I'm, I think- I'm just in such awe that this is even, like, Edgar's obviously, you know, going out for clout. That's cool. But, like, you're, imagine, imagine playing, okay, imagine playing a normal inverter deck and casting dig through time and you and you calculate your outs and there are outs in your deck that win you the game now add 20 cards to your deck and see what those outs look like 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 it's just this is not the deck for this i appreciate the attempt please stop (laughs) yeah uh generally i agree uh yeah i mean you you know this is a deck that functions around thoughtsies dig through time and a combo and you are going to see that much less likely when you have 80 cards in your deck. And to be honest, let's be real. Like, you're really not utilizing this synergy well. Like, yeah, you like, have like, Omen okay, cool. and Trials, and we're resetting our Narset. It's not like the deck struggled to ma- have card advantage when it was 60 cards, you know? Like, you don't need the Yorion. Like, please. He did say he uh, he blinked the combo in play to, to one-shot somebody, you know? Um, wow. But, um... Uh, <laughs> uh yeah real quick before we uh get off this real quick um uh i will say just if anyone does want to try this and is curious why anyone would uh, i'd say the advantages of this build would be against specifically like the yorion decks or maybe Soltai, like more grindy decks where you get you get access to that fifth card a lot of these cards that have been added to the deck are card advantage um or you know help with the omens or narsets so yeah, in any of the grindier matchups, it's going to obviously help you out having you already on. Soltai is a perfect, uh, perfect matchup for this, where this would help you possibly even against something like Mono White, which games can get grindy post-board. Um, maybe even the Mirror, although, yeah. I mean, I just think that the inherent, like, the, the inherent building of the deck, adding 20 cards to it, is just going to hurt you a lot more than it helps you in a lot of spots. So yeah, that, for sure. is, uh, that is where I'm at. No, for sure. I just wanted to point out that, you know, there's a small, you know, advantage, I guess, if you want to, if you, if you do want to put 20 extra cards in your deck. Yorion is like the best and worst design of all time. It's, it's actually just a really sweet design. I actually like it a lot because it innovates deck building and kind of changes the rules of magic and gives you like a reasons to do so. I guess the only downside, which we haven't seen yet, is if in paper you have to play 80 cards, like shuffling that's obviously. Oh man, I'm yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. But, but like, I actually just want to give props because I think I think Yorion's a very cool example of a companion. So props to wizards yeah i agree and i've been loving playing with it uh it's a, it's a really fun card obviously uh and uh uh like i said earlier i've been on a, a bit of a tear with the team rosa deck and uh it, it it's a blast and uh i agree it, it's it, it's kind of an out there like uh you know kind of we're kind of in a new space for deck building territory and also part of that um which i think is a really interesting conversation is like what 80 cards does to your decision trees, your, your mulligan decisions, your sideboarding. Like um, I have a lot of people ask me questions that I feel like they're not fully accounting into. We have 80 cards now, you know, I'm a lot more 
Uh, I'm a lot more prone to keeping a hand I might have mulliganed when I was playing 60 cards if it's kind of on the fence because, you know, my deck is a little less functional now. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to sideboard um, in a kind of more straightforward manner, like, you know, cut four ofs and, you know what I mean, less less trimming than I used to do. Um, I'm not going to leave a one of card that I used to leave in because I'm not going to find it nearly as much. It's It's pretty interesting, like, how that changes everything. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, a lot of things to consider. So, but anyway, um, sorry for that little rant. But um, yeah, um, moving on, I do want to go over like how we feel about its uh, inverter across the board right now. Um, I kind of already mentioned what are the best decks. Um, but um, yeah, so let's just get into it one by one and then we'll talk real quick about like how um, Ikoria maybe changed the dynamic of the matchup or, you know, what we might have to do to, to adapt. So um, first off, let's start with Breach, which is an oldie but a goodie. Um, you know, like I said earlier, if I'm playing this weekend, I'm probably having no less than three Damping Spheres, I think. All right, I don't think I mentioned that, but, um, you know, two is where I start thinking the matchup becomes pretty manageable. Um, but I really want to make sure I'm beating it this weekend because I think this deck is just just great. Yeah, I so... I think Luris impacts that matchup significantly. It's not like, oh, if they draw their Luris, they're obviously always going to have it because it's their companion. So it's going to significantly change the way you need to interact the deck. Now you need to have an answer for Luris, and having an answer for Luris is obviously not great for you because you're relying on so many non-removal spells to interact with their combo and whatnot. So... Yeah, exactly as you were saying, I think that basically makes it so that you have to have Damping Spear in your sideboard now if you want to beat this deck. So I would have no less than three, and I think that that is kind of how this matchup has been impacted. That you need that Now it's not a question of, all right, maybe I can get away with not having Damping Spear. I think you need it now if you want to beat this deck. Yeah, I mean, it's just so prevalent, and... Um... You know, everyone's got a bunch of different blink of, blink of an eye and, um, and uh, you know, different answers to it. But you you still have to have it. Like, it's it's really, in my opinion, the only true impactful card. Narset is good. Like, I, I've heard Edgar say that he, he thinks it's just as good. And, and I think that's very, very incorrect. Um, it, like, it, it, it is good. It, it can kind of stop them from comboing. But there's nothing like Damping Sphere. Like, it just makes them not be able to cast spells. Um, so, um, yeah, I'd be packing probably three, maybe even the full four. Um, and really just what's happened with, is just, you just need to be more prepared for this than, than you were last format, because, uh, I think this deck just got better in, in the presence of companions, it's, you know, kind of more grindy games inherently. And this deck, you know, is good in that situation. Totally agree. Um, all right. But next deck is Orzhov Oros, which has definitely kind of been the, the hottest kid on the block as of late with Akoria out. And I don't know if you played any of this matchup uh, pre-Akoria, Pete. Um, I have very little. Very yeah, little I played ever. it a couple times. Um, I played it twice at the Pro Tour, actually, I believe, um, or that weekend, and um, a few other times as well. And uh, I generally have really liked the matchup. Um, of course, though, Luris definitely is just like a whole nother element to it, which, um, you know, inverter I think is going to struggle with a lot because, you know, a lot of our game plan is just kind of one for one them out. Um, so, um, you know, we talked about already, um, you know, some different removal spells in the main deck that 
you can play to kind of hedge for this matchup. Tyrant Scorn, I think Heartless Act is a good suggestion. Maybe getting away from some of that Heroes Downfall type stuff um, because we need to uh, just have cheaper removal. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, also, as I mentioned, I think Jace goes a long way. Jace VP goes a long way in this matchup. You know, turning on Fatal Push for, you know, turning on Revolt for Fatal Push, having additional copies of your removal spells, you know, being able to nuke stuff, just kind of keeping uh, up on a card advantage access. I think all of that goes a pretty long way here. Yep, totally agree. Um, definitely going to have to impact the what kind of removal you're using and be very mindful of having a low curve. And then access to, you know, good sideboard cards for this matchup. Like if, if, uh, extension, extent, whatever the heck that card's called, the even odd card, if that's good in this matchup, which I assume it is, assuming you can get four mana. Yeah. I mean, it kills, it kills everything except like Shram. Like most, all the, you know, the other 12 creatures are ones, right? So, and then they have Luris. So, um, as long as they're not on a Shram draw, it should get everything. Um, so yeah, we talked about that card, Ritual Suit. Cry also is a good answer. It makes makes Hateful Eidolon not draw cards, which is nice. Um, also gets rid of like something like the uh, Elseid for, for Luris purposes. Um, so yeah, definitely pack some sweepers. I'd say at least two. Um, and you know, right now in Pioneer, I'd say this and Breach are the matchups that I'd want to be gearing for the most with Inverter. Less so like Mono White and the Mirror Match like it had been in the past. Speaking of mono white devotion, uh, the newer version of that deck, which is a blue white Yorion build, I actually think that this matchup got a lot stronger for us now. Um, you know, we talked about the you know inconsistencies that eighty cards brings with it, um, but then on top of that, they just have gotten rid of you know a lot of their best cards in the matchup. Um, they got rid of the Gideon of the Trials. Most of them um, don't main deck it. They they play Teferi and Reflector Mage in those spots instead. Teferi is pretty good, but it's not as good as Gideon. It's not a must kill. Um, so and Reflector is you know largely ineffective. So and then you know outside of that, the rest of their deck is rounding out with Charming Prince, some extra removal. You know it's not that good versus us. They still have the Gideon's interventions, which is definitely strong. Um, you know, kind of makes us need a, a side plan outside of the combo. But um, I do think this matchup largely improved with uh, the the addition of Yorion in the deck. Um, that mostly being based around them lacking Gideons and their deck being 80 cards. <laughs> I wonder why they're not playing Gideon anymore. Well, like I said, I mean, people aren't trying to beat Inverter as much, you know? Sure. Uh, their deck's a lot more geared towards Auras, right? Like Teferi and Reflector are really good there. Teferi is insane because they can't protect it, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, and also it's just better with Yorion, right? You want to blink with Teferi, draw a card, and then reset it to five uh, or to four, so... Um, you know, I do think the construction of the deck makes a lot of sense with, you know, the way they, they built it now, but it is, I think a lot worse for Sinberger. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would be kind of wary playing, I, I don't know what the mono white devotion matchup or blue white devotion, whatever the, the, the deck's called now, uh, is like against Lotus breach, but I can't imagine it's good. No, that's, that's part of the reason why breach is so good right now. It was like, uh, last week, like. Prior to last weekend, I think this deck was the rage. Uh, Kane was winning a lot. I know he had, like, I think he uh, top four to... Or he, I don't know. He, like, won a super, top four to super. And then he also top four to super, the uh, showcase event. He top four to another super. It had been really crushing it. Um, but then Breach kind of rose up, you know, in wake of this deck just being slow and obviously bad versus it. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I think actually this deck quickly fell from like the best deck to, you know, having pretty bad matchups across the board now. Although it is good versus the, the Black White Aros deck. It's very good there. Sure. Well, I always thought that the deck was not that good. So that makes a lot of sense. I've also not been a big fan of the white decks traditionally. Um, I do think I've slept on them. And I actually think your, the Yorion build might be better than the previous one. But, uh, you know, so yeah, still not the biggest fan. And uh, I think their deck is very soft to Inverter right now. All right. Moving up next, we have Inverter, obviously. Not going to really talk about the mirror. I, you know. Yeah. I do want to just say real quick, we, you know, we mentioned earlier, but you don't need to, I don't think you need to prepare as much for it like we have in the past. Narsets, Heroes Downfalls, you know, in lower numbers. I would still put some Narsets in your board because they double versus Breach and the mirror. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I'd say a lot lighter on on uh, the, the hate cards. E- even so, like, I just pulled up a list that's only playing two Mystical Dispute, and I think that's also fine right now. Um, moving on to presumably one of the last uh, of the top-tier decks, which is, I think, a, another bad matchup for Inverter, uh, which is Burn. Oh, Pete, you're, you're sorely mistaken. I, I think this matchup oh, yeah, I think this matchup is actually incredible. Um, yeah, granted, Luris might have changed things a little bit. Uh, but to be honest, this deck is very slow, or it's very mopey and underpowered. And if you take out their creature in the early turns, they, you know, they don't really have like the an, enough burn to, to kill you uh, quick enough. So in my experience, playing Inverter versus Red decks, you are pretty heavily favored because basically if you have an early interaction spell they're not going to kill you before turn five or turn four or five and you should be able to set up by then yeah i guess i've never lost to this deck prior to luris and i assumed luris would be worse than for for murder than i imagined but there's no recurring source of damage other than creatures so yeah you're probably right i don't know why i thought that yeah also like when you think about Laris in this deck, I think it's really, really underwhelming. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Where So let's say we're playing the Inverter matchup. We do end up getting a few creatures in our bin because they killed them, whatever. We're still not really doing anything with our Laris until turn four, maybe. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, at that point, if we've already stuck an Inverter, if they're dig through timing, you know, the game's starting to look out of wraps. So, um yeah, I think this is a good matchup still for for Inverter. Historically, Burn's been been good. Again, Luris does certainly hurt the kind of one for one, uh, you know, game plan we're trying to play. But I don't think it's enough to to swing the matchup. Like like I mentioned earlier, power level inver- of Inverter I think carries there. Where even though they're the Burn decks up a card um, and has this good card in the matchup, I don't think it's it's good enough to eke out the the the, the just pure power level of Inverter. Yeah, and then real quick, just rounding out the format, there's some other decks. This Jeskai Fires deck's been popping up. Um, I think that would be a pretty good matchup, although they do play um, a lot of Narsets, which is, is problematic. Um, I play. I actually played against this Skyruta combo deck twice in a recent prelim, and I got bodied both times. Um, part of that was, one, their combo is always looming, and you can't thoughtseize it, so that's annoying. Um but two, I only had two copies of Mystical Dispute in my 75, so I think that hurt me a lot. You know, if I was playing mm. three or four, obviously it would help the matchup a ton. Um, but I was, like, pretty disappointed to play this deck twice in the same prelim, and I got crushed. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it's honestly, it felt tough 
Like you can't really interact with their early their creatures are uh, you know all hexproof, and then you can't thought seize the Garuda, and so it's like it's pretty tough. And Garuda yeah. mills you post inverter, so like oh wow yeah. So you're also in a bind there, right? Like, but if you have Jace out, they can't Garuda combo you, right? Um, what is that? Well, how does the combo work? Because you're they they know. just mill you for once, and then they keep milling. So they just and put then, in. They just put happens. a bunch of six sixes in play. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Jace doesn't doesn't. Work <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. And then just real quick, there's like Boros Feather and Soulty Delirium, some other oldies, but still still hanging around. Uh, I know Feather uh, got Luris, and Luris has kind of sparked like a new wave of of uh, heroic decks. You know, between Auras and this deck, and there's another one as well. But um, I think both those matchups are good. I'm always like the Soulty matchup. Um, I know. Uh, Jabberwocky's been messing around with an 80 card build. If you click on it, right uh, on, if you click on uh, Soltar right now, you'll see that's the first list you'll see. Um, and I think that also seems especially great for similar reasons we talked about uh, with the mono white deck. So, um, yeah, I think Inverter is still in a really good spot despite it not being really heavily played. I, if I had to play Pioneer, I would certainly play Inverter, and I feel like it would be good. So take that for what you will i'll be playing it in our lotus box league tournament this weekend um if you if you want to join our patreon be sure to sign up and uh you know compete compete there on sunday um i will say i wish i had taken the time to master lotus breach because i do think it just continues to prove to just be absolutely busted um and i would play that deck if i had some practice with it but i don't really want to go in cold um, and I don't really feel like spending the rest of my uh, hours on the weekend trying to master it. So, um, but I do think that deck is just really good. And I, I would like to to learn it if it if it doesn't get banned. Lotus Field falls into the amulet category for me, where no matter how good the deck is, I'm probably never going to learn to play it because it's kind of <laughs> miserable to me. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I think that about wraps things up for us this week. Thank you everybody for, for listening. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. I hope things are going well for all of you. Uh, and for Dylan Donegan and myself, Pete Ingram, we're tapped out and it's your turn. <laughs>